couple rules of time travel, right? So you go back there. So anything that you change from what you did in the past will send off a ripple, the butterfly mm-hmm. effect, which is a horrible movie. But the concept was good, the butterfly effect. And so any little change you make will ripple into a giant change in the fabric of your So you would have all this knowledge and all this stuff, but you would still have to meet my douchebag dad. Yes. Still go through that. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Thank you, everybody, for coming on back. This is not my fault, the podcast. I am Alex G in the place to be. Dropping something very corny <laughs> to begin the episode. Again, thank you. Thank you guys for the support. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for bootlegging. Thank you for streaming. Thank you for buying the mixtape. Thank you for, for giving money into the Laundromat, Laundromat mixtape economy. Do they even sell mixtapes still in the Laundromat? I think, I, think, I think they still do. They do the movies. They do the movies in the Laundromat, but you might find a bootleg. I don't know, but... Thank you, anyway. Thank you for making your way here again. Uh, last week was fun. It was a return to form, so to say. Just share, you know, some stories. A story. Uh, stop signs. You know, keep keep, keep uh, track of your stop signs. And uh, we're back again with another. Uh, you know, this. I hope everyone had a great Mother's Day. Uh, I had a great Mother's Day. My mom is a special lady. Uh, I would say as everyone's mom is a special lady. I hope you hold her, that woman in high regard, whoever she may be in your life. But with that said, man, I hope everyone had a great Mother's Day. Um, had a, a fruitful weekend otherwise, you know, uh, hung out with family and whatnot. But uh, we're back at this again. This was, this is, uh, this was, I uh, did an interview, uh, another interview. I wanted to change up some of the format uh, to the podcast. And so this week we're doing a full-on interview uh, recorded in-house, uh, Mama's house type of stuff out of house, not in the studio, not here, <laughs> but recorded with my mama. She has uh she has an interesting, an interesting tale. Um, we didn't go completely into the history, obviously, because there's some stuff, uh, that's just too long to discuss <laughs> in, in an hour, in an hour, hour and a half format, 45 minute format here in the, uh, in the podcast. But she sat down with me and, uh, she had some stuff there, some, uh, some, some unique things. I think I think you're gonna find it uh, pretty special, uh, sitting down with her. And we discussed. Uh, and we, and you know we we went to see we went to see Gla- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy too. I don't know if uh, if you haven't seen the first movie, um, you can definitely see the second one without seeing the first. So that's great. That was actually pretty cool. The continuity. I mean, if you watch the first, you you picked up on it. And 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 they have not necessarily Easter eggs, but some of the stuff there is cool to see. But. Um, very much you can watch this movie without seeing the first. With that said, Baby Groot is freaking awesome. Baby Groot steals the show. Rocket Raccoon is awesome. Star- the, whole, the whole team is good. Drax was even better this time around to me. Um, of the two movies, I would say the first was probably better. But I can't discount this movie. It was actually a lot of fun. It was a, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was good to see. Um, even a non-comic book non-superhero loving person 
enjoyed the movie that was with us. And that's not my mama. My mama loves her, some Wonder Woman and all that stuff. So <laughs> she's a she's a she's a perfect demographic for the movie. But yeah, that's uh, somebody just did, did not. My girlfriend, she did not care, does not care for this sort of stuff, and she enjoyed the movie. So go see Guardians of the Galaxy. Go see Guardians of the Galaxy. But what I'll tell you is that they run a damn trailer before the movie, and it's your boy Wahlberg. What's that all about, huh? And you know. You're right. I mean, I, it's well documented <laughs> how we how we feel about Wahlberg here, and this is gonna drop on 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 uh, on Wednesday. Wahlberg Wednesdays here at uh, not my fault, but you know what? It ain't my fault. It ain't my fault. He is, uh, you know, he's an, he's an, he's a he's a good actor. He's not a great actor. That's all I'm gonna say. That's I'm gonna leave it there. All right, this guy Wahlberg, but. With that said, guys, so I'm going to get into the meat and potatoes here. We're going to go straight on into the interview. I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Of course, feel free to message, tweet, Instagram, call us. I don't have a phone number to give you guys, but find one. You want to call something? 1-800-DOLLAR matches or something? I don't know. Call them up. Let them know how you feel about the podcast. But hit us up and uh, let me know uh, what's going on. Without And uh, without further ado, tip. Here you go. All right, everybody. So here we are. I am with my mom. Happy belated Mother's Day, Mom. Thank you, baby. We're recording oh, this so after beautiful. Mother's Day. So <laughs> this was, is the Mother's Day episode, uh, <laughs> post-Mother's Day episode. And with that, like I said, I wanted to give you guys something special to uh, to kind of listen to. Special to me, uh, specifically, obviously. Um, special to my mom, because we are going to talk about her for a little bit. And especially you guys, I think we have, I think this is an interesting story for most people um, to come to, not come to grips with, but to hear and listen to. So with this, a little bit about my mom. Mom, you are a registered nurse. A registered ER nurse, okay? Get it straight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) ER nurse, so you come into, you come into the hospital after eating too much sushi or something, and she's the lady that's going to give you CPR or the defibrillator. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not quite, but okay, I'll go for that, yeah. you know, <laughs> she's gonna shock. I will not let you die, that's for sure. the shit out of you and get you out of that, <laughs> I got you, get you into a normal room, no, my, wait, uh, in the ER, just a question about the ER, uh-huh. so in the ER, what's the process like in the ER, like do they, oh my gosh, like once you come in, is it like you triage based off of what it is or do you triage like first come first up and then you figure out no, like, okay, no, yeah, no, they can baby. Go stand on the you side. know everyone comes in whether you come in via ambulance or you walk in or you know somebody one of your close friends drops you off at the front door and you know and takes off running like we've mm-hmm. seen mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but whatever i mean any way that you get there it's really based on the severity Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not going to treat a toothache before we're going to treat, you know, someone with belly pain or with a heart attack or mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So this it, de- it depends on the severity, what you come in with that's going to determine just how, um, A, how quickly you're going to get in and B, um, just how many resources you need. Mm-hmm. So whether you need two nurses, you know, two nurses, four doctors, respiratory tech, whatever it is that you need in that room to get you stabilized and either 
A, out the door, or B, into a unit where they can closely monitor you and, you know, once we've stabilized you so that they can continue to monitor you and make sure that uh, you don't tank on us and you're actually progressing in the direction that you should be going to, which is better, right? Yeah. Everyone, when you come to the hospital, you want to get better. You come in there as a last resort because nobody says, you know what, I'm free today. Let me just go to a hospital. <laughs> Even though <laughs> we have those few that do come in, you know, we have those hypochondriacs, but hey, we're not going to, no judgment here. Okay, listen. Yeah, I, take I, care I, of yourself. They are I remember one such individual, funny, funny stuff there but so when do you break out the defibrillator like when do you get to shock people <laughs> oh my god you you're <laughs> fixated on the defibrillator yeah when do you get to honey, okay let me let me let me give it to you straight so the defibrillator only comes out if you're in a some sort of ridiculous rhythm and we have to slap the heart back into get yourself together baby or or your heart stops, you know, or you're in a rhythm where you are actually going to, you know, you're tanking, you're not going to come back from that, you know, you're having a heart attack and it's just, you know, defibrillator. Your heart is just like <laughs> doing one of those. So we just have to, you know, like shock it back into a regular rhythm. What so if that's what if somebody's like really, really acting up? Can you just take it out and be like, Alex, Toma. por el amor de Dios, okay? <laughs> Alex, por el amor de Dios. No, for that, we just, you know, what they really need is to have their parent come in and slap the shit out of them. You know what I mean? No. Oh, yeah. Wait, you, no. Do you sedate these people or something? No, or? no. No, we don't sedate any. I mean, those patients that are coming in, obviously, if you're that critical, you know, and you need a defibrillator, then in there, we're not even, you know, that's safe for a code situation when your heart has mm -hmm. just completely stopped and you're not going to feel it anyway because you're like you're practically dead or um you know there are patients where we will sedate them a little bit when their heart rhythm is i mean absolutely crazy and we have to you know cardiovert them in that case because shocking a person is you know it's an insult to the body so mm -hmm. and and it kind of hurts and shocks so like you know kind of like you're ugly Insult or no, like fucking, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're so crazy. I don't know. God help him. Yeah. So with that, so you're an ER nurse mm -hmm. who does not defibrillate people mm -mm. that don't need to be. Correct. And you are also now pursuing your doctorate. I am, and pretty soon you'll be calling me Dr. B. Whoop, whoop. Oh, get held up now. Hold so once, up. It, once you get your doctorate and your uh -huh. Dr. B, then you get to tell the ER nurses to defibrillate people? <laughs> uh, no, then I would either A, be defibrillating, huh, or writing a prescription. Okay. 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 Oh, yeah, that yeah. And then culminating all this, you have... Three children, right? It's me. I have three beautiful children because you're my, you're my baby. You're the oldest. You're the first. But you oh, always go. be my baby. He's 35 years old, ladies and gents. He's 35. Not yet. Don't, don't assign that to me just Mira, yet. I'm fighting he's I'm only fighting. a couple months away. <laughs> fighting that shit. You know what I mean? Like me, I'm still fighting it. Yep. But, so you're a mother of three. Mother of three. Beautiful kids, yes. Uh, a grandmother of two. I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you are also a lesbian. 
flaming lesbian. Yes, I am. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and proud. <laughs> so, ay, 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 ay. so a little bit of that. Yeah, when you no first, hay vergüenza en esta casa. No hay vergüenza. No, no. So when you first told me about that, I remember, I remember saying to myself, wow. But not in a way that I felt any, I felt weird, which is, maybe I should feel weird about now is that I didn't feel weird about it. Like, I guess a normal reaction that people would, I guess, a, a tie to that, right? I, I don't know. Why? Like, why would it feel... Yeah, listen. I guess I watch too much TV, yeah, to tell you, you the truth. you watch too much shit. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You're older. You're, mat- you're more mature, mm-hmm. right? There, We live in a society now where those walls have... Uh, they are coming down. They have gradually come down. There is acceptance. You're not growing up in the 70s, you know, mm-hmm. or the 80s like I grew up, and that shit was taboo, okay? God forbid, you know, and I actually look at you guys and and feel this sense of awe and pride in in the youth and our society today that has, uh, you know, broken down those barriers and those walls and, you know, continues to push for um, acceptance, you know, in, in all its forms, you know, it's no judgment, no, no bias. And, and that's something that I've instilled in you, no judgment, no bias, mm-hmm. you know, your sister's. Same thing, um, even though yeah, everybody has their own little quirks, you know, I, I think I've done a pretty good job with the three of you to, um, you know, respect other people. Um, you have to accept Mark Wahlberg. Say hi to your mother for me. Don't, don't bring him into here. You know Marky what? Mark don't got no business with he the fucking is, Transformers. He is the transform. He is the man to tame those Transformers. Oh my okay. God. I can't no. believe you say this. Uh, he is the tamer. All right. All right. He Minus is. Mark Wahlberg. I yes, know. you are correct. He is perfect, and he's a lefty. Is he? Yeah, he's, he's fucking he's, sexy. You know, he's fucking sexy when he picks up the the damn gun. You know, and he's shooting. Check this out, people. All right, you guys gotta watch him. There is something about a person that does picks up a gun with a lefty, and he's on the big screen. It just looks sexier coming out of the left than it does the right. <laughs> does he look like a bitch? I, that's my own thing. Uh, I think, I, yeah, I think that just means my yo your cognitive perception. Because so let me tell you about that. So I watched. So we went to see. We went to see Guardians of the Galaxy. It which was, was good. Which, right. It was really oh good. Oh my god! It yes. was really good. Baby Groot for the win. Baby I Groot is amazing. Root. And the Transformers trailer's playing. Now, I've seen it before, uh-huh. right? And I guess I didn't watch it because I was like, fucking Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> but this time I'm forced to watch it because it's on the screen, right? Uh-huh. So we're watching this thing. And I remember my biggest critique from his first appearance, the last movie, whatever uh-huh. that was, was, one, who the fuck is he, right? Because he's not a Witwicky. I don't know how you could not, how, how you could say that, but okay, go He's ahead. not a Witwicky, so he's <laughs> not part of the universe in any way. I started Googling this, right? I went through the wiki. I started the Marvel pages, all that stuff, trying to find Transformers details and everything. Who is, what character is he, where is he in the universe? He does not exist. They made him for the movie. Michael Bay wanted Wahlberg in this movie, and they made a character. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want Wahlberg? He's perfect. He isn't. He really isn't. <laughs> Say hi to your mother for me. That's, that's him all the time. <laughs> anyway, so Wahlberg, fine supporting actor. But oh I hate when you make Wahlberg no, like the Transformers movie. Next. He's not. The Transformers are the stars. You took the best 10. You took the best 10, Bobby. Alright. The Transformers are the stars. <laughs> Wahlberg is not the star. So anyway, so he, and I'm watching the trailer, and I remember the biggest gripe was 
This dude was just like some normal little scientist, whatever, dad. Mm-hmm. Which I guess they wanted to do the average Joe kind of storyline. But he's a story, you know, he's a dad, whatever. Tinkering in a garage, engineer. Mm-hmm. No soldier credentials. No was in the army. None of that nonsense, right? And then all of a sudden, he's in some space war and he's shooting like he's fucking last action hero. As he should uh, uh, be. Flying down the Empire State Look Building and shit like this. The dude, the dude was in... to riches, okay? <laughs> from rags to riches. The man was found in McDonald's, all right? He went from rag to riches there. And on the big screen, where was he? He was in a little farmhouse. He was just a plain old dad. He didn't have nothing to his name. Rags to riches. And perfect then he's story. parachuting out of a spaceship? Perfect! How? How? It's perfect. So, <laughs> bad enough. Bad enough. But then I see this trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now Mark Wahlberg has this thing where he, he has long hair now. Right? So, Mark Wahlberg has long hair now. So, he's okay. not cutting his hair for nothing. And he's in this movie with the damn long hair. Right? Okay. It's like, fine. Here goes Wahlberg with the long hair and his glowing locks. Yes. Okay? Like it looks fawn. fine on him. It looks he's fine on him. It looks fine on him. <laughs> but they do the slow motion Michael Bay scene in the trailer. <laughs> And he's he's there again, last action hero. He's just calmly. Alex, you're hating. I, you're I'm hating. It's crazy. Oh, my head is strong right now. It's strong. He's in the trailer. He's looking at like the transfer. I don't even know what he's looking at. But it's the most peaceful, serene look I've ever seen. And he's just like calmly shooting whatever the hell it is that he's shooting in slow motion. And I'm like, the fucking guy was a farmer, not even a movie ago. Like well, all of a sudden now he's a stone cold uh, alien assassination machine and talking to Optimus Prime by his short name. Like no, you don't call him Prime. He's not your boy. He's not his boy. Bumblebee's not his boy. That's Witwicky's boy. That don't have nothing to do with Wahlberg. He don't got nothing to do with this stuff. But somehow he's the perfect. guy. Anyway, it's perfect. We, we're getting off the topic here. But Mark Wahlberg. Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. <laughs> he's a hater. He's a hater. Other than that, my mom taught me how to be respectful. Amen. And not judge <laughs> anything you outside of tell, right? Wahlberg. You can tell, right? That whole rant that he went on with Wahlberg. Oh, my God. Outside of Wahlberg. Jesus. Outside of Wahlberg. Mm-mm. So, we're back to the story here. So, you, again. Uh, Are you going to harp on this? You're all lesbian, right? This is fun. Yes. When did you contemplate your sexuality? I... I was it new? No. When did I contemplate? I think, quite honestly, that I was... Uh, I was probably in my... I was 19, 20 years old. When... Yeah, when I started thinking about... Hey, you know? Is this all me? Is that all you? You know, it's just, uh, uh, you know, I, I like the woman form. I, I did. I was about 19, 20 years old. So mm-hmm. 19 and 20 was the first time you thought about, like, another girl that way? Or was it just, like, you the first time you put those thoughts to, like, action? I'd have to say that that's the first time I put those thoughts into action. You know, because I think, I don't think that there's a little girl or teenage or anywhere that hasn't had some sort of you know idol at some point even guys themselves they have an idol you know you watch the big screen and you know it is what it is not Mark Wahlberg <laughs> not his Wahlberg <woman. laughs> he, he just don't want to he just don't want to admit it okay but uh no so I remember being a kid and I was 
I was fascinated by Sophia Loren. And I'm talking about, this is, I'm going way back. Sophia Loren, oh my God, Wonder Woman. I tell you that Linda Blair, I used to twirl and twirl in my living room. Anywhere, the bathroom, the closet, any place that I could fit my little body into and start twirling to become the Wonder Woman. That was, that was me. Nurse, Nurse Jackie. Um... You know, all of these characters that I would see on TV that were beautiful women, you know, and I would look at them and say, oh, my God, I wish I was, you know, I wish I was that beautiful. But I never really, you know, being a kid, you never really, I didn't think about anyone in in sexual form. But I always remember, I remember now, I remember then that I, I found something so very beautiful and appealing in women that you know that was maybe it was a little bit more you know but I didn't understand it then what it was or I don't know and maybe I'm just reading too much into it who the hell knows who the who the who the cares my god you know what I mean who cares about this shit Alex honestly seriously you want to know when I started questioning my sexuality first time that I was with a woman was you know I was in my 19, 20 years old. That's it. You know? And it was amazing. So, so funny story about that. that mm-hmm. This has to do with, with that. Mm-hmm. With that. And, and so for the longest time, like, you know, you know, you guys split up when I was young. I was like maybe yes. one, maybe one, one, two yes. or somewhere around there. Yes. Right? And um, for the longest time I never understood and I just assumed, I guess the story was that, you know, my dad was a douche or something like that, you know, and, and then that's <laughs> what he did. And, and, you know, that's what he Love you, dad. Love you, dad. Oh, my God. But, so, Father God. So he is not a douche. But, this uh, is a, you know, as you, as you grow up and it's like, what's the, how, why are mom and dad not together? You know, you start piecing stories together and all that sort of stuff. As a kid, it's the only explanation I had was my dad did some dumb shit and got himself <laughs> broken up with. And that was it, right? And, you know, he's a douche. So years go by. Years go by. And this was maybe lifetime. Two, yeah, two maybe two years ago, maybe maybe a year ago, maybe it's somewhere around that range. Right? We just had a conversation, and, and you came up. We were talking, and, and it was like, ah, oh, you know, you know, mom is is she's she's a lesbian now. Like she's dating like a girl and everything. He goes, oh yeah, I know. <laughs> what? And so he says to me, he goes, oh yeah, I know. And I go, Wait, what do you mean you know? Whatever. He goes, yeah. Why you think me? I broke up. He goes. <laughs> I come home and it was a girl look just like me. Well, I was like, I had to leave. I couldn't do this. And I was like, what? What? What are you talking about? And he goes, what? That all this time I thought you cheated or some shit like that. Wait, now back up, back, back up. Wait a second. Wait, let me, let me, let me rephrase. And let me put him, I'm gonna fix this, okay? Your father was. I'm not gonna go out and say that he was a douchebag because you know what? Everybody has their flaws. I have mine. He has his. But your father wasn't an was an actual whore. Okay, he, he he knows he knows this. He was a whore. He cheated on me with everybody that he could possibly. You know what? That he would walk in the house and. The cat had to stay still because if he saw a pussy, you know, he was mm. he was chasing it. Mm. That was your father. Mm. And so, yes, we broke up because your dad was and that came after. All right. Let me clarify this. This whole thing with my first love came way after your dad mm-hmm. and I broke up. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. 
Alex, don't you go back and say no bullshit because you know what? You know damn, and I'm talking to Alex Sr. right now. You know the damn truth, okay? Don't go in there and try to, to blindside my, my, my son. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I ain't having none of it. He tried it. He tried it. He sure did. Like, so, uh-uh. so he said to me, and I you said, what? Oh, my God. Okay. I'm mind blown, right? Like, my whole my whole understanding of, like, what happened between you two back then and everything. We were kids, changed. for God's sakes. We were high school sweethearts. Teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. You know Grab it. Grab it. So, what's the deal? So, Listen. So, your early starts were Sophia Loren and so on. And even then, they were just kind of like... Fantastical it wasn't anything that was kind yeah, of yeah no it was, it was never like, and you know what the truth of the matter was that you know you think about at least for me I never thought of it as something as it being something more than that because I grew up in a household that was very uh, my mother was very religious you know this you know mom was religious and. My dad was very worldly, and, you know, thank God for my dad being worldly because I had, I can honestly say that, you know, even though it was rough, um, I got to see both sides of life, you know, and mom kept us grounded. My dad was a little bit more free, but dad also, you know, let me see a side of the world that the world is not bad, you know, and and people are people and you know and and that's that so coming from that sort of background and and that kind of you know they're very old school you know from Puerto Rico first generation here everything being taboo I never thought of it in that way because I always said it's wrong you know there's something even when I started dating you know when I was dated my first girlfriend, I, you know, had this shame, this guilt that was inside of me that I was doing something wrong. Hence, you know, I tried to cleanse myself and, you know, you go through all of these processes, but that's why I say the beauty of today and back then is, you know, acceptance and that, you know, we've, we've grown as a people, as a society, as a nation, as, you know, as individuals, really, to learn acceptance and to not be closed-minded and narrow-minded to think that, you know, the world is just this, um, or people are, you know, this is, nothing in life is black and white, you know, there are those shades of gray, and, and those shades of gray are beautiful, you know, in their own right, and, and the world is, you know, it is what it is, each of us are different, you know, and and that's what makes us so beautiful. Even as, you know, you think about it, and this douchebag that we have as president, because he's a, he's a douchebag, you know what I mean? Ugh, he's not my president. But whatever, you know. We live in a country where, you know, it's a melting pot. You know, it's a melting pot of different religions, different races, different ethnicities, different... Everything, everything is different about us, but yet we're one, you know. And if we could go through life, if we could just capture and capitalize on that, that the differences, you know, despite these differences, we're united, we're one. We're still one person. You, We still 
bleed, you know, blood, right? You know, it doesn't matter where on the planet you come from, you mm -hmm. know, there's blood coursing through your veins, you know. We take away the skin and the outer lining and everything is pretty much the same, mm -hmm. you know, inside. And so my deepest belief is that you know, we are, we are one people, you know, God didn't create us to be different and to, you know, segregate ourselves. He created us to, you know, we came from one family, Adam and Eve, right? One love, God's love. That's it. God is, if God is love for me, if God is love, you know, and his message is to love, to love one another, regardless of where you came from, who you are, what you do, what you have, what you don't have, you know, what you wear, what you don't, whatever. Doesn't matter, you know. His message is one love. We have to love each other, you know, and bring each other up, not tear each other down, you know. In mm -hmm. our commandments, you know, the commandments, even though I don't know them to the letter, it's, you know, it's basically telling us, you know, uh, to live a clean life, a good life, you know, and respect each other, love each other, hold each other, bring each other up, right? The only commandment I know is, uh, like, don't steal from your neighbor. And that should not cover your, neighbor, your neighbor's wife. Is that, I is remember that, that one. Is that the one? The neighbor. Yeah, don't, cover, neighbor. don't cover. Don't cover. Don't. I no, thought it was well, don't, your neighbor, but. Well, don't. No, I should not cover your neighbor. Or, oh. You know, or. Yeah, don't steal. Don't no, lie. My neighbor, don't cover. Don't. Insidious, so I don't, yeah. I, yeah. My neighbor's wife is ugly. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna worry about that. Jesus, <laughs> so oh my god. <laughs> that's, that's not. So that's not a problem. So I have. Pain. So. <laughs> You talked about your childhood, and, and I've always thought your childhood was really, really intriguing because, well, I mean, I didn't, I, I'm, I've been baptized. That's about the extent of my religious experience. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I know you grew up uh, Jehovah's Witness. I did, yeah. So that's a very different experience than from what, how I grew mm -hmm. up. So, mm -hmm. so what was that like? And I guess how, what do you, what do you make of it in terms of like your decision making as an adult now from that childhood? Well, I have to say this, you know, I don't believe, I think that having grown up uh, like that and with that sort of religious background, I, I now have a deeper appreciation and uh, a, deeper a deeper appreciation for religiosity in general, which is that no one religion is the right religion, the correct religion, the best religion, the only religion. I think that there's many different ways to reach God. You can call him Buddha, Yahweh, Allah, Jehovah, you know, it doesn't matter what you call him as long as you believe in the one because I, I, I growing up in that sort of religion, um, with its constraints and, you know, with its rules and its regulations, made me realize that, you know, it was painful at times and lots of times it was painful because, you know, we were taught to kind of like separate ourselves from the world, you know, uh, not that we would shun the world, you know, because we were encouraged to make friends and to, you know, to, 
you know, talk to other people, but it was in the context of, you know, bring them into, you know, bring them into this religion where, you know, uh, everything. And then again, it's a completely different era. So if you ask me now what they're like or what's it like now, I wouldn't be able to answer that question because I don't know. I know from my point of view, it was very um, restrictive uh, in terms of who you talk to, who you hang out with, um, you know, church three times a week. Um, everything was worldly, and we were not enc- we weren't encouraged to uh, be the youth, you know, that you see today. That you know, parents, um, not that they encourage their kids. Oh yeah, you got to go out on a date, but. You know, there is a whole lot more of acceptance now than there was back then. Or, um, you know, you want to go out to, I don't know, ride Playland with, with your friends. And it was like, well, they don't belong to the church. So here's another, you know, activity that you can and do. And it all involves, you know, the Bible, the reading, you know, the kids that go to that church. And there weren't very many at that mm-hmm. time. So it was it was really restrictive um, in that regard. And I felt separate uh, from the other youth. I felt alienated almost um, from other teens my age and people my age and kids and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's what that was like. So being that it was so restrictive, do you think that helped shape your perception or your understanding of gender norms throughout your childhood and then maybe maybe that led to mm-hmm. the experimentation at 19 or or like the change of heart at 19 type of thing? No, I think, you know, that here's the deal. I, I, I think that because I grew up that way, I didn't know much of anything else. I didn't know much of the world and how it works and people themselves and normal things that youth go through, you know, normal emotions and feelings and, you know, insecurities that we go through that kids do go through and, you know, young adults go through. I think it was heightened for me uh, because I always felt there's something wrong with me. I, I There's something deeply wrong with me because the Bible says this and you know my mother says this and the church elders say this and God forbid you know you make a mistake because you're going to be ostracized and then not even the people from church are ever going to talk to you so you're just going to you know so it just it shaped me in the way that that I was afraid um, and not afraid of me but afraid of people outside of mm-hmm. me it shaped me in the way that that it filled me with so much self-doubt you know um and insecurities that you know mm-hmm. that now I understand where they come from but you know or those insecurities that I had because I and listen I don't have any I guess everyone does have insecurities here or there you know for one reason or another but it's not the same, you know. I'm an adult now. 
Um, back then I was a kid, so I didn't understand. And now I do understand and I can, I move past it. You know, you can, you get to a point where you just move past it and life has a way of, you know, giving you these twists and turns where you, you know, you look back and you're like, oh shit, that was stupid, you know, or, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, it, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. The story of my life. And uh, it will be the story of episodes to come. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know me. Oh, my. That's my funny, funny craziness that I have. So, yeah, I mean, we have these experiences, and we go through that. And fast forward from your childhood, mm-hmm. coming up uh, um, in, in, in that way. And then you meet my dad. Oh, guy. Yeah. My dad, the charmer. Mm-hmm. Right? The, the, the charmer. He is a charmer. Suave, it's a charm. Right? Charm. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. Made me even, sick. Even the cats. He made me sick. So you get my dad, mm-hmm. and then shortly after, I guess you separate, and then you meet your first love. Mm-hmm. Right? And you go through that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, you establish you know, the timeline and so on. And then you meet who would be the father of my sister. Mm-hmm. And what was that like? I mean, in the sense that you went from mm-hmm. my dad to your Here. first love, a woman, and I back went to from, a yes. man. Here's the thing. I went from your dad, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and we were teenagers. We didn't even know how to wipe our butts. We were just stupid kids that made one amazing young man. <laughs> you know, and, and I wouldn't take that back for anything in the world. Not Mark Wahlberg. No. <laughs> about you but you know and then I met you know this woman we were together for three years and and everyone everyone made our lives a living hell from her family to my family I mean Jesus Christ my brother even beat her up I just I, I did the poor thing she went through so much to be with me and then finally, you know, it's just like you it's like everything gets to a point where no, it's just it's not feasible and it's not doable and you outgrow, you know, that amount of pain and you just decide that you're gonna, you know, move forward and and I guess in that that fear of everything that was going on you know I I you know listen I made mistakes in my life Mm -hmm. and who hasn't made mistakes and but you know those mistakes have led me to be the person that I am today Mm -hmm. bigger better stronger um blessed because I'm blessed out of it I'm blessed with three amazing kids that you know I try to conform you know, and I did conform. And for a while, I can say, I mean, you know, for a while, I can say I was even happy, you know, because I conformed and I felt, oh, my God, I'm normal again. And, you know, this is the way that things are supposed to be. But um, so when did it hit you that this was not the way it was supposed to be? You know, I think... Well, that happened years ago. And i that's not to say that throughout, you know, even when you guys were little, that I didn't have those thoughts or I didn't have those uh, those wants because, you know, it was just, it was in me. But 
I would pray them away and pray them away and pray think the gay of, away. yeah, pray the gay away, <laughs> Lord, <laughs> Jesus, and you know, and you know, and you know, kind of snap back into no, there was there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. There's this is not normal behavior. This is not these are not <clears throat> normal thoughts. And so just you know, kind of like put it to the back, put it. You just keep pushing down you keep mm-hmm. pushing those thoughts and those emotions down until you get to a point where one day you wake up and that's what happened to me one day i woke up and this is before i met you mm-hmm. know my uh my ex lover um before that i was alone for 6 years i didn't date i was completely celibate i didn't want to date i didn't want to do anything because i had you know it was kind of like i still i i had those thoughts coming back and i was like uh uh-uh, uh there's something going on here there's something going on with me and either i need a psychiatrist or whatever but then i started thinking you know it was like Oh my God, I tell my kids this. Remember when you were a teenager and I told you, I said to you, Alex, I don't care if you come home with Shaquille O'Neal, as long as you're happy and as long as you do good and you are a good human being, I'm happy for you. I said that to you for a reason. That was way, well, that was way back then. Why you were in, have that combo? Uh, that was in, yeah you remember that right? I don't remember why I don't remember why we had that come well yeah I can't, we, remember, I can't remember it now well but because I wanted you to understand that no matter what you do in life I will always be your mother and I will always love you mm-hmm. and I didn't want you to feel like I felt yeah you know so anyway so you go through that mm-hmm. come to the realization that that was not for you mm-hmm. and you know you stopped praying the gateway <laughs> I stopped praying the gay away and Stop. I said, you know what? That's it. We live Stop. in a society. Where the hell am I? What the hell is wrong with me? I t- I preach all of this to everyone else. You know, love and acceptance starts with you. Mm-hmm. Love and acceptance starts with you. And if, you know, and if I can accept everybody else, why can't everyone else accept me? So what was your biggest fear when you came out with that? That you guys us? would not accept me. <laughs> even though, even though you preach that to us? Like, yes. Where do you think that came from? Uh-huh. Oh, my God, from my family. Yeah. Who's there? Who else is it going to come from? But my mother and my my family, you know, and this fear that, oh, my God, you know, everyone is so, oh, they're so good. And, you know, it's just fear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I remember you telling me, and I remember, I remember, I remember your face. And I thought you were gonna tell me something like really so like I thought you were gonna tell me uh, something really really painful like mm-hmm. you know like cancer or something like that right? No father. I'm telling you, I'm like okay, mm-hmm. okay, and I'm putting on my best like whatever face right, trying mm-hmm. to understand what's going on, and I'm like okay, okay, and then when you tell me what you what, you know basically that you were gay, in my head I laughed, <laughs> like I laughed. I actually I, think that you did laugh. I you did laugh. Like, I, did oh, la- I did laugh. I did laugh. That's it. I, but it was like relief like. <laughs> That's it. Like, this, this is all I gotta worry about. I don't even have to worry about this. Right? I'm just like, all right. And then I'm like, Mom, I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm gonna make fun of you. Like I'm gonna crack jokes. Yes, he did. And I was he like, told I'm gonna crack that. jokes. Oh my god. You're not gonna come after thirty some years and tell uh-huh. me this, and then uh-huh. expect not a joke be oh. talking away here and there. But but yeah, I, mean, I was like, oh, holy 
just I almost didn't happy that and yeah. hug you and everything like that's what I gotta wear no 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 that's yeah, fine yeah. with me mom that's fine <laughs> with me so okay. um yeah so I mean that that details basically mm-hmm. your 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 transition or not your transition your ascension to where you are now uh-huh. um in terms of your sexuality but it doesn't speak to the whole story in terms of like who you are and how you got to where you are from a professional standpoint, educational standpoint, motherhood, all that sort of all, uh-huh. all that sort of stuff. Um, as you were going through this, if I can remember this, and uh, uh, um, I guess my view, mm-hmm. you're going through this. You're always a good mom. You're always mm-hmm. working. Thank you're you. always, always working. I mean, I remember. I remember mm-hmm. having to clean the house because, you know, it's just like mom's coming home from work, make sure that house is clean. Right? Hell so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, pato. Oh I, was my always, God. I was always cleaning it up, you know, and, you, you know, you, you're always single mom mm-hmm. of three. Mm-hmm. Um, two knucklehead sisters, I love them. Mm-hmm. Right? They're amazing, aren't they? Yeah, and you went, you went through all that, you were working, you worked hard, we had the damn cat, mm-hmm. and we had Sparky, mm-hmm. we had Candy. Listen, this cat, do you want to share a Candy story? Okay. I don't know. Should we? Oh my God! No, no. no it's, we'll it's, we'll it's a pretty either. graphic story. I'll yeah. share it at some other point. <laughs> but what I will say is that this oh, cat electrocuted baby. herself <laughs> because she would chew the uh, extension cord she cables so underneath the bed, and she kept chewing and gnawing on it to the point that it exposed the wiring, and she bit into it and got a nice little zing. She got a defibrillator from <laughs> from the electrical cord. I do, my poor baby. <laughs> she was such a good baby. Dumbass cat was sitting in the closet all day. She wasn't a good baby. She was a, anyway, uh, we digress. So we go through all of that. And um, and then you decide that you wanted to go back to school. Mm-hmm. What made you want to go back? Oh, my God. You know what? What age uh, was that? So. Uh, oh, I don't know. I was like, I think it was about 45 or something 40. like that. So, yeah, it was... I was already up there. But I decided to go... Look. All my life, all my life, you know, I wanted to, I mean, I think ever since I was a little girl, I always wanted to be a nurse. I fell in love with the nursing profession, and I guess it was that the damn nurse, man, in that white little dress with that beautiful little white hat on and, you know, those stockings and those shoes, and it just, I don't know, I had a thing for nurses. Even back then. I can tell. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. So, but you no. need a moment, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, in all honesty, I just, I love that profession ever since I was a little girl. And, you know, I came from, you know, uh, I had you guys. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, my priority was once you have children, the priority of the focus stops being really about you and what you need to do for everyone else. And so I put my dreams and my aspirations on hold until, and I always said it too, when the kids get older, when they are grown, I am going to go back to school and I'm going to go back to school for me. You know, because once they're done, they're they're done and then it's my turn. And it just so happened that it worked out that way because I remember I was working, I was managing uh, seven specialty offices on Madison Avenue. And I remember it was during the height of the recession. I ended up losing my job. I mean, the practice wasn't doing well because it was a private practice. We didn't accept insurance for anything in the world. And, you know, it was a time when people were not... um, 
listen, everybody was losing their jobs left and right. I mean, this the, the, the whole economy just fell and crumbled right underneath our feet. And so we have people on Wall Street trying to find jobs at Walmart. You know what I mean? It was just, it was crazy. And so I remember I lost my job. And then for a few months there, for about three, four months, it was just almost impossible. And I've never not had a job. I I've worked my whole entire life. I've never not had a job. And I couldn't find a job. And I was like, you know what? It's time. This is the time for me to do something for myself that I've always wanted to do. And so if I couldn't find a job, there was no reason why I couldn't go back to school. And and that's what I did. And it was a big sacrifice because, you know, it was a big sacrifice. I had mm-hmm. to leave my, you know, I rented that house over there. Mm-hmm. I had the three bedrooms. The home. So, I mean, had to downsize everything. And we're, you know, in that little one, we went to what a two-bedroom, which is really a one-bedroom. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he gets off telling you that's a two-bedroom because <laughs> that's one bedroom with a walk-in closet. And I made that little room into a walk-in closet. It's actually really nice, right? But anyway, bottom line is that, you know, Everyone, I mean, we pulled through. I remember it was Boobie's last year of school. Um, and, you know, we all, just because you weren't living there anymore, you were married already, but I had the two girls. Boobie was still finishing college. Raina was, you know, finishing up in high school. And I was starting college. Mm-hmm. So it was a transition. It was a big transition for everyone, right? And... Going back to school, I realized that, you know, because, listen, I've done everything. I've done some amazing things in my life, and I did it all with, I started off with what, uh, I started off with my GED, because I had you. Instead of going to graduation, I ended up having you instead. Then I got my certificate as a medical assistant, and with that, you know, certificate as a medical assistant, I springboard onto, you know, uh, uh, office manager, billing manager, you know, practice administrator, and, you know, every job that I had along the way just gave me more responsibility, um, better pay, more responsibility, and a lot more. So I learned the business from the inside out. And that came from, you know, that tenacity that I had to, um, to do something better, you know, and, you know, always push myself to learn something new. That's how, you know, I ended up where I was. And, and it's also sad to say how I ended up, you know, when the bottom fell out, that, it was really hard because I was up against, I was competing against kids coming out of college, you know, with some with two degrees, you know, mm-hmm. doing my job at half my salary. And so I figured if I had to reinvent myself, yeah. I was going to do it on my terms. I was going to do it um, doing something that I've always dreamed of, that I've always wanted to do, that I love, that, you know, because I love this field. I love mm-hmm. healthcare and I love the, the ability to um, help another individual to, you know, be the best that they can, you know, to reach their highest potential, regardless of what, regardless of whether we have to amputate your legs or you know whether we're just putting a band-aid on your finger you know or defib you you. um (laughs) you know living life to its highest potential Mm -hmm. 
within that continuum, whatever that is for you, that you live it well, you know, Mm -hmm. that, you know, because eventually all of us, every one of us, you know, we all have an expiration date. And so, you know, it doesn't matter to me, at least in this profession, what we do is, you know, healthcare in itself is that, you know, okay, you have diabetes, you know, you have heart disease. That doesn't necessarily mean that um, that within that specific disease process or, you know, anything that you're going through that you can't have one day no. that's a good day, you know. No. And I wanted to be a part of that, that one day, that one month, that one year, that one decade, whatever it is that God has in store for us, so... So you knew when you went back, before you even took your first class, you knew what you were going back for. I knew exactly what I was going for. You going back for. And you did an amazing job at going back. Yes, I did. So you got your associates. Yes, I did. uh, From a county college. And you ended up plastered all over downtown. Jersey City, billboards, yes. trains all over the place into New York. Yes. Showcasing I graduated story. top five of my class. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I did. The, you, you, were, you, were, you were the success story. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the, the, the story that we tell everybody. Not we, but I mean the, the colleges and institutions and even government and yeah. Obama. Many? Yeah. used to tell everybody <laughs> is that you can do it with the drive and, 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 and yes. will. And from there, you wanted to continue your education. Yeah, I did. And I got my you, bachelor's. You I got your bachelor's. I, I completed that while working, though, yeah, because you once working, you know, yeah. I started working, and then I got my bachelor's while I was working. And so with that, you would think that that's a success story and everything. So now you're going for your doctor. Why? I'm going for my doctorate's baby because, honey, listen, uh, you know what? It's I want my terminal degree. I want to reach my peak. I want to be at my highest potential, you know, and that's everyone's personal highest potential. You know, some people are happy down here. Some people are happy up there or, you know, and it's not even a question of what you have that will make you happy. It's your own personal goals, your drive, your 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 deepest desires and so for me that is to reach my highest potential in my degree in my field you know and maybe maybe just open up a little practice of my own where I can have my family working for me you know because <laughs> booby boo I swear to god she'll be a great great business manager she would be uh, yeah so yeah. And Raina can defend people. And no, you're going to be the one that's going to, oh my God, Father God, no, this defibrillator. I'm going to have to make sure I don't have one of those in my office. No way. I can see it now. Raina can mm-hmm. just get everybody, and I'll just be the ranting no, lunatic. No, you'll, you'll be my manager, my accountant, my... No, I don't know if you want to let me be your accountant. I'll be, I'll, listen. No. Listen. I went through calculus, and I'm never again talking about <laughs> anything to do with numbers. Anything to do with numbers. Never, ever again. So much so that I'm switching classes. But anyway, so, um, so you did all that, right? And now you are at the pleasant and ripe age of... 52. 52, 52 is sexy, because did you see me in that two-piece? Yeah, I was slaying it. You did look good. You yes, did look I good. did. 52 years young. Mm-hmm. 52 going on 20. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what's it like to date at 52? 
Dating at 52, I have to say, you know what, it's, it's interesting in the sense that you, you get to a point where you just don't want to deal with the bullshit. You can, you can pretty much, you know, smell something that is not right a mile away. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting. Because, I argue uh, that you are, not you personally, but people, we are always able to see that yes when we're younger we're willing to gamble our time yes exactly you know maybe it'll get better yeah no and so yeah and you're right and you know and that doesn't really that doesn't really change if you have those emotions those strong emotions or you know you grow to love someone then you know what's love love is you know a commitment where you're willing to accept another person, you know, flaws and all, because everyone has them, and you're willing to compromise and, you know, and you're willing to work on things, you know, because you see the bigger picture, you see that towards the end. But at my age, that's still, that's still, all of that still applies, but I think that now you just, it's a little bit, more relaxed in the sense that, you know, there's no, for me, there's no, um, there's no pretenses. Like, I don't worry about pretenses or, you know, what another person is going to think of me or, you know, you know, I'm the bomb.com. I'm beautiful. I'm smart. I'm funny. I, I have a lot going for myself and, and, you know, I just think that it's kind of rough, though, I have to say, because, you know, one, to be quite honest, you know, it's like, you know, I'm 52, and I'm not arrogant, or I'm not vain, or anything, but I find that a lot of people, you know, in my age range, you know, A, is that they don't look like me, they're whack. Uh, mo- uh? They're whack. Not whack, baby, but, you know, I. it depends on, you know, I, I don't know. You've got, you know, I don't, I don't know. But, you know, and that's, that's just the physical portion, and I'm going to take that out of there. I want you to take that out of there because the truth of the matter is that, you know, at our age, you know, we either age gracefully or we don't. Bottom line. Yeah, I mean that's that's the, I mean that's the truth. And if you don't, why not? <laughs> and so why not? You could be a sweetheart, and uh, you could be friends. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you, you know, that's one aspect. But the other no, aspect, there's nothing wrong with with, uh, with enjoying what you what you see. You're enjoying. Uh, what, yeah. What you, yeah, but yeah, and you're right. There is nothing wrong with that. So I like a person that you know that takes care of themselves and. You know, and, and I'm not perfect. God knows I'm not perfect. You know, estoy durita like I was, you know, when I was in my 20s. But, you know, I, not that bad, you know. Yeah. I didn't let myself go is yeah. what I'm saying. And, you know, so, but we find that as we age, more and more people let themselves go. So your dating pool gets smaller and smaller, you know. And so, and so. Yeah, they got miles but, on them. They, uh, they got miles on them. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
but I I really looking I'm looking past that too because I want you know I just I at this point you know and I'm not a serial dater either don't don't be fooled don't listen to Alex you know what I mean dating I'm not, my I don't age, know but, anything I just want to know how it's interesting I, I think it doesn't really matter what age you're at you're still going into something a little bit nervous you yeah. know you go out and you date someone and you never really know what to expect you know you, I'm I, I can't say that it's different for me in the sense that I'm much more secure in myself that's why you know I said what I said earlier that you know I'm beautiful I'm funny I'm smart I'm all of these good things you know and and I'm loyal. I'm. I have a. I have so many good qualities that I'm confident in myself. So I, in that regard, it makes it easier when you have this self confidence. Mm-hmm. You, it's easier for you. So I've lost all of the twenties, the thirties, you know, and maybe even early forties self, you know, doubt and, you know, insecurities, and I've replaced those with very good and solid values. That I should have had all along. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? Growing, I don't know. Whatever. So. <laughs> Would you date younger? No. I. You know what? There was this young woman that was after me. But Alex, I have to tell you. <laughs> she was 34 years old. 35 years oh, old. That's me. Yes. And I felt like I would be dating my child. And so, and for that very reason, I said, no. I'm a very mature 34. Yes. Listen. I am, I am beyond my years. Listen, Bobby. Okay. No, 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 I'm no. beyond no. my years. No. I just, there was this I'm, sense of guilt in me that wouldn't allow me to do it. She was cute, though. She was actually really cute. <laughs> she was, oh my God, she was adorable. And I came close to saying, yeah, no. <laughs> no. We won't do that. But, yes. So. All right. So, if we had a time machine right now, mm-hmm. we figured out Einstein's theory, and we were able to get the wormholes and go back in time. We figured out how to do it. Mm-hmm. And you were able to go back to little girl Maritza. Mm-hmm. Knowing what you know now. Mm-hmm. What would you tell her? I would tell her, take it easy. Don't be so hard on yourself. You know? Uh, I would tell her, you know, despite... Oh, I would definitely tell her, don't relax your hair. Leave all your natural curls. All of them. (laughs) I have beautiful curls. I don't have beautiful curls anymore. But anyway, I would tell her that, um, you know, it's okay to make mistakes. Um, And don't beat yourself up for them. You know, it's just part of being who you are and growing and learning. That's it. That's good. That's good, man. I don't know. I'm only, I mean, I'm still... I'm old, young, if mm. that makes sense. <laughs> but Look at me. I'm old, young. I'm yeah, yeah. 52 and, and 50, even though they say the 50s is the new 40s. So, 
I'm just hoping that 60s yeah, will say, be right, the yeah, next. 30s is the new 20s. So I was <laughs> through my 20s. Like, I, I probably was. I think mean, here's some of the stories that you don't know about my like, what, what the hell are you doing? So, <laughs> um, aye, aye, aye. Yeah, I don't know what I would say to myself if I, if I had to go back, if I were able to go back and talk to myself. So, they had, the, I think it, it was an article recently about that, or like, I guess it, maybe one of those Facebook things. I actually mm-hmm. don't remember where I read it. I remember, I might have heard it on the radio. I don't know what it was. But they were talking about the, uh, the decision, like you, you get the choice mm-hmm. of fast forwarding your life, I think 15 years, and getting like $50 million or something like that. Mm-hmm. It might have been more money. Mm-hmm. Or going back to like 12 or like 8 years old, something like that, and starting over with the knowledge you have now. Which one would you choose? Hell no, I'm going back. <laughs> Hell to the no, my man. I'm going right back. Okay. And I'm going to be that little girl in Brooklyn, 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 fence, the trees, you know, sneaking out with my friend Laura from the building and hanging out with Laura and getting in a ton of trouble because, of course, Laura was, you know, bad girl. But, um, yeah, no. And... I would tell them, having all the knowledge that I have now, I would... Like you would know about defibrillators back then. Yeah, I would know about defibrillators back then. <laughs> and I would have, A, started my career way earlier. To be housing. Yes. And B, I would have made you all very very proud doctor as a doctor my mother I'm introducing my mom is a doctor because I wouldn't take any of you back that's the one thing that I wouldn't do I love you babies I wouldn't change that oh, for the world yeah. Oh, oh, yeah I love you guys so that'd be like some crazy groundhog thing though like think about that like you would have all the knowledge yeah. of like how you know, uh, uh, of your life, right? Mm-hmm. You got to this point, mm-hmm. and you go back mm-hmm. with that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And the way stuff, the way time works, at least the way I've seen it work in every movie, and I have a deep understanding of time travel now because of movies. Uh, <laughs> there's so much you can learn in, in this. I like, meal. like the intricacies <laughs> of it. Like you can't go back there and meet your doppelganger. You're just you cause a rift in time, space, galaxy, You're and then everything crazy. will end. So you gotta be there's very careful. Wrong with you. Very there, there, there are a couple <laughs> rules of time travel, right? So you go back there. So anything that you change from mm-hmm. what you did in the past will send off a ripple, the butterfly mm-hmm. effect. Mm-hmm. Which is a horrible movie, but the concept was <laughs> the butterfly effect, and so any little change you make mm-hmm. will ripple into a giant change in the fabric later on. So you would have all this knowledge and all this stuff, but you would still have to meet my douchebag dad yes. and still go through that. You know what? <laughs> like you would still have to do that, knowing. Uh, oh my god! I'm sorry, dad. You're not a douche, but <laughs> you would have to go back and like deal with that uh, yeah, again yeah. to get me to happen. Uh, yeah. Well, no, you know what? This time, I was listen, we're going to do this, and uh, we're going... Oh, you going, just be like, listen, you're not going out there yes. tonight. I already know no, no, what's no, going no, no. on over no, there No, 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 <laughs> I think that, what do you call it? I'd be like, yes, you can go out and stay out there. Just give me this one night. And remember the day that we conceived you. Just give me that one night. So you do everything up until that point, and then you'd be like, all right, bro. Yeah. Okay. But even like that it. might send off a ripple. And then Booby would be like in danger. No! Because Booby, I'd be like, this is where 
this is where and yeah. when it happened. I wouldn't take that day back. Yeah, you, but that's what I mean. Like, well, we're going to get really meta right now. Really <laughs> Shut really up, meta. Alex. Like, you just... Shut up, Alex. You're, like, you're, you, you know what? You, Are you smoking if, something? If you, you I think you're seen, smoking something. You ain't seen Back to the Future? Shut up. You got to do all <laughs> of it the same. Otherwise... It might just end up happening like you reject my dad the day after. What's the sense then of having all this knowledge? I'd be miserable because you know what? I'd be knowing that I can actually be myself and have you guys. You know what, Ma? (laughs) I recently found out that I'm a bit of an empath. Hi, Bill. You know you know what? I'm going home. I'm just all saying, right? I'm a bit of an empath. So I'm done. <laughs> I can put myself in your shoes, right? And, yeah, yeah. and I can and I can say this wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. If the decision were you can go back, relive your life. Mm. The only thing I wouldn't take back is you guys. That's it. I mean, the rules of time travel, the rules of time travel. You have to, okay. have to relive the life to get to, uh, get to this all point, right, to get whatever. us, right? I would be okay with you changing your life earlier for the better and living this astronomical life, even if it, it ended up that I didn't come on this way. Because I think the way it works is, don't quote me on this. Well, maybe quote me on this. But I'm pretty sure time travel works that I would still be here, but I'd either be like a super badass superhero type of guy or I'd be like a piece of shit criminal type of thing. Aww. But I think I, my soul would still exist, I think, in, t- in terms <laughs> of time travel. It just may not be the same story. But either way, you would have this amazing life, and I'd be doing whatever I mean. I'd be fine, because you'd still have this recording, and you'd understand like where I was talking back, <laughs> and you knew that you know, you know I had oh a bomb ass sign and all that stuff. At this one reminds point. me of that Terminator, <laughs> that Terminator, you know, when she sends the picture back in time, and Kyle Reese, you know, ends up meeting his own father, and you know, and everything else, and. Oh, you don't understand how much damage he's doing to time with that. Like, you can't oh, do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, with that said, my, we always end this thing off. I always end this thing off uh-huh. with uh, my not my fault saying. So, thank you again, everybody. This is my mama. Uh, hello and goodbye. My special mama. <laughs> Hi, and as baby, always, love we love you. Thank you for listening. Uh, these views are our own. And if you feel impacted anyway... Mm, they're not my that's not my fault <laughs> and it's never my fault <laughs> bye-bye <laughs> all right and we're back and yes that was my mama that was the mother's day episode i hope you guys gained some uh some some funny insights there from her she loves her movies nothing more than alien ripley is her girl like we watched aliens at least 20 times in my lifetime but that's my mama. That was the Mother's Day episode. I had a great time doing this. Uh, and like I said before, leave us a note in the comments. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on uh, Facebook, Instagram. We're on all those little channels. Let us know what you think. Let my mama know what you think. And if you have not done so already, please let your mama know that it's not my fault. It ain't never been my fault. It ain't never going to be my fault. (laughs) But no, most importantly, let her know that you love her. And deuces, my peoples.